I'm Tim. Uh, this is a short thing about the good, the bad, and the ugly about SVG. So, can I quick show of hands who's done any SVG? It's not, I'm going to ask you, okay? And who's done scripting of SVG? Okay. So, the question is do I cover what SVG and how it works, or do I just j jump straight into the JavaScript sort of bits and pieces? Um, this is extracted from a slightly longer talk that I was going to give about SVG that covered all the intros and this and the other. So, if people think I'm racing through the introductory stuff or going too slow, just shout and I can change it. Um, what, I do, what I do want to do is briefly the history, how it works, and then what it means for the JavaScript program. What bits are nice and what bits are particularly ugly. Um, I didn't particularly want to cover static images, uh, the built-in animation, how specific tags work, which is really funky but maybe a bit detailed for this. And despite the title, I wasn't going to do My Technology Platform is Better Than Yours. Uh, because what I'm trying to give you is what's good and what's bad. Um, and hopefully you can take that away even if you decide to use SVG or not. Um, and also I haven't particularly got the eye candy demos because uh, I don't really want to trade on the hard work of others. There are a couple of demos in there of bits and pieces that are only to show the principles and they are blatantly extracted from the standard. Um, I'm not going to read all the text and all of these. The slides, <coughs> I'll give you out the URL. I've tried to put one takeaway from each one. So for example, SVG has been around for about 10 years. Okay, But if you... Looking at it, you might think, well, there's all these different standards. There's 1.0, there's 1.1, there's 1.1 tiny, and so on. It's the same standard. Okay? All they did is they just rewrote it as they realised that the first draft was really badly written when they restructured it. So the takeaway from this is, if you're looking at it, just work to 1.1 second edition. Um, where will it work? Um, after 10 years, it's finally working quite well in most modern browsers, meaning anything uh, except for Internet Explorer 9. Um, it had... Uh, originally it was by browser plugins and Java plugins and all sorts of ugly things, um, but it's been in all WebKit browsers since about 2006. Um, and IE9 got a pretty good uh, implementation in 12 months. I haven't tried IE10, but I'm every reason to believe it'll be pretty good. Uh, tablet and mobile. Uh, the iPad SVG works fine. The iPad 2 works even better. The iPad 3, I'm hoping it'll be great. And if anybody's got one, I'd be interested to, to uh, run a couple of demos on it. Android had absolutely no support for SVG. Um, until Android 3, which was only aimed at tablets and nobody really used it. Um, Android 4, it's good, but now what we've got is Chrome for Android has just come out, and it should give full SVG on Android. The only problem is, at the moment, and Chrome for Android is only available on uh, Ice Cream Sandwich, Android 4. The idea is they're supposed to be backporting it once they get it out of beta, so we might get SVG on other platforms. Um, and the basic characteristics, um, as well as who's done SVG, who's done an actual sort of pure vector graphics, like plotters, where it actually lifted the pen, moved the pen, and put the pen down on a piece of paper? Anybody? Okay, cool. So you know that pure vector is a real pain, because anything like fills are really untidy, because you have to basically physically move the pen and do all this sort of stuff. And similarly, text, you have to actually draw the text yourself. SVG isn't pure vector, okay? It, they, they put the V in there to say it does this, but it has raster and it has text in there as native. So you don't have those sorts of nightmares of stuff. Um, you get true native text that the browser understands as text. You get uh, images, JPEG. JPEG, PNG, and SVG are mandated. So you get mandated PNG support, which again isn't so much of a big issue these days, but five years ago it, it sort of was. Uh, you get gradients and fills. You get a declarative form. You get a DOM that describes the picture that you're going to, that, that it draws, and the browser draws it for you. It's not a procedural mechanism. And you get nice compound structures. You can make structures that contain other items and then manipulate them all as one. So it's great for doing things like sprites and widgets and moving, making something that's a compound collection of circles and rectangles and gradients 
treating it as one thing and moving it around. Um, and the native support within the browser, it supports CSS all the way through. In fact, most of CSS3 is CSS extensions that are written for SVG and will prove to be so useful in CSS, in CSS and SVG that they in fact standardised it and said, why don't we apply this to all HTML? Um, so what you basically get as DOM nodes are these paths, text, including uh, rotating text, you get shapes, lines, rectangles, circles, you get uh, painting, fills, gradients, and so on, colours, fill, stroke, transparency, uh, transformations. Uh, I'll show you the transformations. You can arbitrarily chain transformations and apply them to arbitrary other nodes. Um, you get filters, I haven't done a lot on, but blur, lighting, turbulence, uh, there's some pretty funky examples of taking an HTML5 video, uh, putting a monochrome filter over the top of it, so as the video is playing in full colour, it's being mapped to black and white, and then putting a filter that's rotating it over the top of that, and the HTML5 video is rotating, all inside the browser, all without scripting. I think that one only works in Firefox nightly builds, but that's the sort of richness that you can notionally get. Um, and there's built-in animation. Uh, so you can do a lot of animation actually without needing to do any JavaScripting itself. Actually, the animation sort of sucks because it gets in the way for the JavaScripter. Because, uh, uh, I don't know, the complexity of mixing the inbuilt animation with your animation is, for my poor brain, a bit too much. But there's a cost for it, which I'll get onto. So you get declarative building blocks. There's hollow tags, things like divs and, and p's. But uh, whereas when you build HTML, basically all of your tags flow down the page, with SVG, they flow out of the page. Everything's absolutely positioned in terms of the in terms of the entire viewport, and everything goes build to layer in front and in front and in front. When you have an SVG, that's your outer fragment, it defines a viewport. If you put another SVG within that, it can define its own viewport, and everything within that then is then relative to that. In effect, SVG is like saying, everything underneath me is positioned absolute with respect to me. Think of it as you can see as well. Now you can have an image which pulls an entire image. You can have a G which defines a group. Everything within there is treated as a sub-item, sub but it doesn't define a new viewport. It lets you just address things uh, arbitrarily. Um, and it's handy for things like redraw order. So because it draws strictly from back to front, there's no explicit Z order. If anyone's done in CSS where you start frigging around with Z index and going, I don't know, Z index 20,020, 20,050, and trying to get everything in front of each other. In SVG, you just put items in front, and they will always render in front of each other. Um, there's a def section which you can think of a bit like the, the head section in HTML. It's where you define things that you're going to use later on. Um, the symbols where you can define a, an overall symbol that you can then just quote and it's almost like a macro. And there's use where you can instantiate a symbol but also you can instantiate other items. The idea of this overall is that for you, the JavaScript, sir, it lets you build up a complex shape in SVG and then script it easily and move that stuff around. So if I give a, a couple of sample bits of SVG, once again, without JavaScript much at this stage, I don't know how much you can read this, but this is SVG, this is the code. SVG, I've got a rectangle that does the outer section, so that's at the back. I've got a group with an ID of text box, and I've got some CSS inside here, and that group is made up of a circle, it's this circle, and uh, a text box, uh, a text, yeah, which has got styling by CSS here, but other things can have styling by attributes. Yeah, and it's got text on top, so this text appears on top of this item here. I've then got another group, which is this one here, which is made up of the text first, and then a rectangle over the top. So this time the rectangle goes over the top, and you can see the transparency sort of effect. And here I've got a use that says, 
The href is crunch text box, so that's this shape here, and it transforms it 20 and scales it down. So that gives you this. So I've just taken any other arbitrary item and just said I want it in a different position. And uh, unfortunately, I should have refreshed this before I started because uh, I was going to show you the on-click handler. I was a bit dodgy pressing F5 during the demo. Okay. So the CSS -y kind of effects. Um, okay, you'll see. Uh, where is it? Here I've got style cursor pointer, so you get things like cursor control per item. Oh, it's not showing because the wonders of uh, hardware cursors. But what I'm going to do is, believe me, I'm going to click on this, and that'll invoke this uh, get element by ID text circ set attribute fill to orange. And there you go, it goes to orange. But it didn't just change this, it changed this one as well. This is a copy of that that stays attached all the way through. Okay? Which if ever you, you know those things where you have a picture and then you want an overview of the picture? This thing's great for doing that because it automatically mirrors it all the way through. And most of this, with the exception of that bit, is done before you start JavaScript. Here's uh, some more fancy SVG. I've got a definition of a path, and a path by itself has got no visual representation. So it goes up in the def section. I've then used that, and I've just said draw it with stroke red. So that's where you get this red line here. goes like that. And I've said here's some text. And again, I've styled it via CSS. And I've told it to use that path. So it's now laid the text out along there. But because this is live in the browser, and it's not just a PNG image, it's still selectable text. Okay? And if I go inside the DOM and I change that, then it'll just reflow the text automatically for me. So all sorts of things that you might have to do in other areas by writing code to do it, you just do it by declaring. Um, and a quick example here of the gradients for people who want to do it. I define a linear gradient that goes from orange to white to yellow. Um, and I define a filter that is uh, reduced saturation to 40%. And here I'm going to draw two rectangles. And the first one, I'm going to ask it to fill with the gradient. So it goes from orange to white to yellow. And the second one, I'm going to ask it to do the same fill, but I'm then going to filter it with the desaturation filter, and you end up with a slightly desaturated version. So this is all before you do JavaScript. The idea is you can get quite a rich image uh, just in that alone. And these are all DOM nodes. Okay? So the DOM interfaces were in the spec from the start, and it's integrated with the entire HTML DOM. So you can do your entire document get element by ID, and it'll find it whether it's in the HTML section or in the SVG section. And it's great. You can then modify the values as and where you want. The only problem is, because SVG is a more complex uh, DOM, most of the values you get underneath aren't as simple as they are in HTML. So if I get that circle that I got before, get element by ID text circ, and I look at the .cx, which is the circle center x position, if that was a, you know, a div or whatever, you'd get a simple value. But what you get in SVG is you get an SVG animated length object. An SVG animated length object has got two properties. It's got an animval and a base val. The base val is the current value, and the animval is if you are animating this using the built-in animation, it's the value that it's currently at and where it's going to change to. And in fact, an SVG length is not just a straight number. It's got a unit type, because it might be pixels, it might be centimeters, it might be user-defined units. It's got a value, it's got a value of string, and it's got a value in specified units. 
So the idea of you taking your thing and saying, hey, here's circle dot cx equals 100, doesn't work. You have to say dot cx dot base val dot value equals 100, which is no big value in and of itself. But what it does mean is all those nice libraries you've got that wrap the DOM don't work because you tell them to change a, va a, ver a value and they try and push it in there because they, they're not written to know about SVG elements. Um, so you tend to use things like get attribute and set attribute. Yeah. There are SVG animated strings, SVG animated bool, which sounds a bit crazy, but even, even boolean values, the true and false, are, in, are the same sort of thing. They're an animated thing. They can have their current value and their current animated value. Um, you, when you're creating these things in outside JavaScript, you have to create them via the correct constructors, uh, or you use create element ns. There's no dot inner HTML, which you will, we also get used to, saying dot inner HTML equals black. Well, there's no dot inner HTML property because there is no dot inner HTML. This is SVG. So you have to go through and make all of your nodes one by one, which can be a bit of a pain. <coughs> you get XML pedantry because SVG is XML. Uh, if you have to put namespaces on your attributes, then you have to put namespaces on your attributes. Uh, HTML gets us all used to the fact that we don't really like XML. And what this means overall is that it tends to throw off those nice JavaScript libraries that you've been using. If you know how to script the DOM raw, you know how to do SVG raw. But those convenience layers that we've all sort of got used to, so we have to go back and remember what's wrong with them. The comparison to Canvas is that SVG gives you for free a lot of what you have to do by hand in Canvas. Okay? And when you use things like the gradients that come in there, they're written in native code in that browser. So C++ or whatever it is. And you just have to invoke it by tag type and it all happens magically for you. Uh, it can integrate with the rest <coughs> of the DOM work. So while you're manipulating some bit of HTML, you manipulate the SVG as well. Everything works happily. You might end up with an awful lot of DOM for an awfully small effect at times. So, and you might end up with an awful lot of DOM code as you're working around the, the various complex values. But what you do get are... Um, Good rich primitives, I said circles, rectangles, fills, gradients, uh, transforms, skews. You get browser events directed to the item. So I can catch mouse clicks on the, on the, the, the inner or the, the edge and so on. I can get touch events, I can get, um, I can get full HTML5 type events, I can get drag drop events. Um, I get a redraw loop done for me for free. I just modify the DOM and the browser decides when to redraw it. And I can serialize my drawing at any point because the drawing is only the DOM. So whenever you dump out the DOM, you've got your picture at that point. So for example, it's very handy for making composable graphics. Uh, we had, uh, did an example with a guy who was visualizing Formula One timing data. And he gets the raw data from the FIA feed, <coughs> and he feeds it into GNU plot to make a PNG graph. And he's then wondering how to move ahead further. You can get GNU plot to produce the output as SVG. I then took the SVG and then had that. So I didn't have to write the graphs myself. I could just then take the SVG and then pull the data out of it and further enhance it. Um, and so you can round trick. You, you, can mutate your, you can mutate your diagram, save it, and then bring it back again later and mutate it further. And you get native text support, which is pretty rich. Uh, Google are now indexing text in SVG. Uh, so you don't have to start, start hiding metadata elsewhere. There's also further metadata in SVG as well. But what you do tend to lose, and what I believe Joe will probably uh, round home with some beautiful graphics, is um, fine control. You don't know exactly when things are going to redraw. Um, you don't get uh, proper insights into what's slow and what's not. You have to sort of try and figure out yourself what, what might be slowing things down. 
you don't get pixel level accuracy. Um, so uh, you have to start asking things to draw and then asking what the bounding box is. And if it hasn't been rendered yet, it gets a bit painful. Basically, you get all this stuff for free, but for a certain price for it. If all you want is a little bit of graphics, you might find that price is a bit exorbitant for you. And if you don't like uh, even free pizza, it's shit unless you don't like unless you actually like the pizza on offer. Yeah. Um, some techniques for what ways to do things. Um, mouse hit testing. In SVG, you get mouse hit testing for free. You get mouse over effects, you get CSS hover effects, you get mouse down, mouse up, mouse click, mouse over, all those things. Joe will show you, I won't talk about it here, but Joe will show you how to do that in Canvas. Um, the point thing is when the point to remember is when Joe shows you what you do in Canvas for it, he can do that at any point. In SVG, you can only find out what's under a particular uh, pixel when you get the mouse event. You can't introspect the image at any arbitrary point, which is a real pain at times. Uh, in particular, images. You can't, you can't load up somebody else's image and then start pulling out the individual pixels because of browser security rules. Um, you can do fuzzy hit testing by doing things like, I've got a line and I want people to be able to click on it, but I, don't, I want them to be able to hit you know, somewhere near it. So back in the C++ days, what we do is we catch the mouse down and we'd start working out the number of pixels you were away and the zoom factor and so on. And what you do in SVG is you just put another item behind it that's invisible, but you say, I want to catch all the mouse events on it. And you make that a wider line and, hey, presto, you've got fuzzy hit testing. Layering and bring to front. Once again, we used to do a lot of that in the C++ sort of days. There's an implicit ordering all the way through. And so you just do things like, uh, I have groups of things that I want to draw in a particular layer and then other things be in front of that, and if I want something in here to move ahead of everything else, I just call a pen child with the DOM node, moves it to the front of that group, browser looks after it for me. Um, and I use a lot of CSS tricks when I'm doing SVG. Uh, I have some, uh, some items that have display none, and then I have a colon hover, display block, and then that way you get nice hover effects where you put the mouse over something, some bits become, suddenly become visible, you move the mouse over them a bit more, they become more visible, they change their colour, because you've got CSS all the way through this. Um, and for things where I want to do HTML, what I'll often do, because uh, SVG is native in the browser and it doesn't have that thing that you used to have sometimes with Flash and video where you couldn't overlay anything else over it because the add-in would own that entire section of the screen. You can overlay HTML over the top of your SVG. So, for example, my SVG, I put up rich tooltips and rich hover cards, and they're just HTML. I know exactly where to put them, so I can work out where in the browser window it is. I know exactly the position to put things. Um, if you're using SVG and you find yourself fighting the redraw loop, yeah, trying to do things like debuffer your, your draws and insert little things, then that's probably a sign that you want to move to Canvas. If you're in Canvas and you're writing complex hit detection and sprite libraries, that's a sign maybe you want to move to SVG. But I think, uh, yeah, I'll go into the last slide. So the good bits. The good bits are the composition of compound elements, built-in animation, very good CSS, hover effects. Uh, the selectors can, and don't just have access to the SVG part of the tree, they have access to the entire tree. So, for example, some of the tricks I do are um, knowing that there's certain bugs in certain browsers with SVG. I have my style sheet that, that says code around for it, and if I've got a, a body if if, um, if Safari modified these CSS styles in this way. And my, when I load up my page, I look at what browser it is, and I just add classes to the body tag that says, this is Safari or it isn't Safari. It is IE or it's not IE. It has got touch events or it hasn't got touch events. And I turn on and off my various visuals in that way. 
you get HTML5 integration, as I mentioned, you can do, I'm getting HTML5 drag and drop and catching it when you drag on certain shapes and not certain other shapes. Implicit Z layering, rich set of primitives, the ability to define your own viewports. So I said I can make, I can make something and define its size and everything else then within that draws within that size, it doesn't know about things outside of there. Chainable transformations, anybody who's done transformations and viewports page type mappings can get a bit of a pain, again it all happens for you, you just say transform this and modify your transforms as you want. Uh, you get control over mouse cursors and pointer events. You get fancy Beziers, again, all in native code, not in your JavaScript. It might be written quite slowly, although getting faster all the time. The memory use through SVG seems quite good. I get some quite complex SVG um, documents, and they're really quite small in terms of when you look at the memory footprint. And the static performance speed is quite excellent. When you get large interactions in SVG, it does slow down, as you'd expect. Knowing what's slowing it down is the sort of thing that you get you start to pick up clues for, but uh, unless you're doing something incredibly complex, uh, the sort of Gephi type visualizations where you've got thousands of nodes, then you find most SVG runs quite quickly. The bad bits, okay, remember I had that, uh, I had a, a group and then I used it and it gave me an echo of it. And you think, this is great, now what I want to do is I want to make this shape and I want to use it here, but I want to change the label. And I want to use it here and I want to change the label. Okay, when you use it, you can't change any details. There is a thing about shadow DOM, but no one's actually done it yet. You can style it differently. So you can say, I'll, I'll have a different color. But the actual content, the actual um, key tag items on the DOM, you can't change. So the entire symbol and use for scripting use, unless you want exactly the same thing to occur lots and lots of times, <coughs> that's been pretty useless. Keyboard and focus support. Um, the SVG isn't itself defined as an HTML input element, so you, you can't start picking up uh, keystrokes for that particular item. You have to do things like catch all the keystrokes for the body and then figure out for yourself whether you think the cursor is currently in, say, a, a text box or somewhere else. Um, performance I mentioned, no export to PNG. Once you've made your, your image, you can't dump it out as PNG and then just bring it back in again, uh, which would be a, a great way to speed up a number of things. Um, the image doesn't have the natural width, natural height properties that you get used to when using the IMG tag, so some of those sorts of things that you, you get used to are missing. SVG is sort of a bit old. It's 10 years old, and everybody stopped writing articles about it. And when you go to the web pages and the support groups, you find a lot of them sort of stopped about three years ago. Because everybody, everybody was fighting to get it adopted. And once it got adopted, they all just went away and did other stuff. Whereas Canvas, everybody's busy writing articles about how to do this in Canvas and how to do that in Canvas. It's not to say that it doesn't work. It's just that it's not as trendy. Um, and some of the terminology in on this is if you've learnt your CSS and you've got it all in muscle memory and you're used to using you know, colour and background colour, in SVG you've got stroke and fill. And the number of times I've typed it and compiled your CSS and it's, uh, why isn't it drawing the right colours? Because I've used the wrong items. Uh, the positioning, uh, if you're used to doing position absolute, position relative and, and right and left offsets, you don't do that in SVG and you don't. Sorry, you don't do it that way in SVG, and you don't do it by the style in SVG. You do it by the DOM attributes themselves. And, and you've got to specify units on most things. There are no default units for all of them. So you've got to go through and remember whether you're talking pixels or EM or user-defined units or centimetres or whatever it is. And the ugly bits, the bits that really get frustrating are things like the values can be awkward. I said the dot base val dot value. Um, embedding SVG in HTML used to be a real pig. You used to have to leap through all sorts of hoops. 
HTML5 makes it a lot easier, but uh, you still get the odd time when it doesn't render at all. The text is superb because it's native text. And you think, this is great, I can CSS style it. But the text inside there is not HTML. So you can't put a bold tag around something and have it drawing bold. You have to put a text span around it and say style bold. Okay? You can't say, here's a line break and expect it to flow because it doesn't flow the text. And this is supposedly becoming SVG too. You've got to say yourself, I figure this is a long enough line of text. I'm now going to start a new span and I'm going to move it down 14 pixels or however high your line height is. So a lot of that sort of flowing text you end up doing by hand. There is a way to do that in SVG. It's called foreign object. And foreign object lets you put any arbitrary other XML within SVG. So you can then put XHTML inside your SVG, everything's hunky-dory. And we'd all love it, apart from it's the one thing that IE didn't do for IE9 when they, when they put SVG in. Most of the other browsers support it. IE9 doesn't. If you need to support IE, you don't use XHTML. <coughs> I don't know if they've done it in 10. They, they said it was an extension to SVG and it wasn't actually part of the standard. There you go. Browser bugs. Uh, when the browser's got a bug in it, there's not much you can do about it, apart from putting little hacks. Uh, I had some problems with WebKit and kerning. When you laid text out and you were zoomed out on a piece of text, it figured out the kerning. And when you then zoomed in, it kept the same kerning. So you got this really ugly gaps between the letters. Um, it's now fixed, fantastically, in latest versions. But what I had to do was every time I zoomed text, I would reflow the text by just touching all those DOM nodes in a, in a small debounced lazy loop. Uh, the repaint logic got a bit ugly. If you moved certain DOM items around in certain directions, they wouldn't redraw and you'd be left with what's technically known as turds on the screen. Um, again, how do you get around it? You sort of don't. What, what you would, we used to do in, uh, well, what you should be able to do is force a redraw. <laughs> they all have force redraw calls and the force redraw calls do nothing. So what you actually do is you shove the entire canvas up and down a bit like that, and it forces the browser redraw. Yeah, and nobody notices. A way to speed up things should be there's great calls called suspend redraw and resume redraw. And the idea is if you've got a big mod to do, you do suspend redraw, you change all your DOM nodes, you call resume redraw, and it draws it all at once. Unfortunately, everybody's implemented those, but everyone's implemented them as pure no-ops. They do nothing. And Again, back in uh, olden days, what you do is you do everything to you draw everything to a, a bitmap that was off screen, and then you <coughs> double buffer. Yeah, and those sorts of techniques. <coughs> I don't really fancy double buffering my SVG because I know what with ID nodes and everything, it could get a bit ugly. So I haven't tried doing that myself, but um, it means you do have to sometimes tune your redraws to be careful of things. And the native support within your standard JavaScript libraries does tend to suck a bit. Um, there are SVG libraries, I've got to list them on the next couple of slides. The problem is they tend to be specialised, they tend to be SVG libraries for doing graphs or pie charts or uh, drawing statement <coughs> graphics. They tend not to be addressing the entire slice of all the tabs, all the, all the uh, tags that you need. And the big thing is complexity. Okay? So you're mixing a declarative model of a drawing, you're mixing viewports and multiple viewport coordinates, you're mixing transformation chains, animation, scripting, your CSS cascade rules, you've got shims for your DOM wrappers, and you've got Chrome bugs. And something isn't drawing properly, and you think, oh, which one of these 12 layers do I start looking at first? Because um, you will find it, but it's just, when you get so many intermixed variables, it's a bit hard to track things down. And for anyone who's done Flash, uh, 
you know, is SVG going to kill off Flash? Well, Flash still has a couple of advantages. Uh, in particular, you get full keyboard and mouse control. You get clipboard and local fast port. You get camera and microphone access. SVG isn't going to do anything about those. It's never going to, as far as I know, address the microphone. HTML5 might, but SVG itself won't. Um, there are libraries and wrappers. Again, you can read these when you're off. SVG, Web, Raphael, Dojo, Mootools, they all wrap SVG to a certain degree and they'll probably get better. Some of them let you support SVG on older versions of IE by mapping through VML, but VML is on its way out. And, uh, and basically, I'm happy to just ignore old versions of IE, but you may not be able to. Um, a lot of the wrappers work around some of the bugs in particularly the earlier browsers. So they'll, they'll have wacky code in there so you don't even know about the bugs. And they abstract away some of the uglier bits of the API. And you know, they will give you, as the D3 example gave, but maybe in a slightly horrific way, um, but you know, if you just want a bar chart or a pie chart, you want fancy 3D effects on there, by all means, use one of the wrapper layers, because they give you a much higher level of abstraction. My personal recommendations are, if you've got complex static images, use SVG. If you've got transformations that you want to do, rotate, zoom, pan, again, Use SVG, it's really nice. Um, if you've got sprites, things that you're going to move around as one and, and you're interacting with the mouse and the mouse is interacting with those individual sprites, use SVG. And if you want CSS and DOM integration, SVG is a, a good match. If on the hand you've got lots and lots of very small, relatively simple animated objects, you know those uh, simulations of birds flying, where you, the mouse isn't interacting with any particular one, you're just saying, here's the mouse and I want them all to flow in a particular way. They tend to work really well with canvas, and you typically get better performance out of canvas. If you need pixel level accuracy, canvas sort of wins. I've seen some beautiful heat map examples where you get a picture, and as you move the mouse over, you know, it does those heat map effects. Um, and Joe will show you some of those things. Um, and if you've got complex compositing where you want to build up lots of items and then snapshot that as a PNG and then move it around as one, again, canvas gets that for you. And export as PNG, you, you can't. If, if you really need to get the images out again to re reuse them somewhere else, actually, uh, Canvas is going to be a real win there. And what I do tend to do is use hybrids. I said I personally mix SVG with HTML, um, so I overlay HTML over my SVG for where I want complex text. Um, you can notionally do SVG over HTML and have it transform and skew and rotate and do all those sorts of funky things. Uh, they're not working so well at the moment, but they are promised to come through. Um, and a lot of the SVG uh, effects, the filters and so on, you can actually invoke via CSS on your HTML items. And SVG canvas hybrids, I didn't want to go off and learn canvas at the same time as I was learning SVG, so I haven't explored those, but I think they'd be a nice way to mix the best of both worlds. Um, and there's some links at the end there for, for sorts of stuff. The problem tends to be, like I said, a lot, of the, a lot of these documents are a few years old. It's not that they've gone out of date, it's just that there aren't that many new things being done in SVG, or where they are being done, nobody's really talking about them. And the SVG Open Conference, sort of, it still runs, but it, it's sort of very academic. Okay, okay. Is me done? Any questions about SVG before he leaves on to Canvas and tells you why Canvas is so much better? It was two things that came to mind. Yep. Was, um, with the export into PNG problem, why not export SVG to SVG? Is this a valid graphics? Oh yeah, look, you can. It's um, does that? Can we do that in the browser? It's if you. Is there an easy way? Of... People think I oh, know. I'll do this as SVG, and then for um, 
I'll take this, this complex SDG image and then I'll convert it to PNG and then I'll be able to dump it out somewhere and use it, say, as, comp as a backdrop. So I've been able to do all these fancy renders and then just get a static image that doesn't have this entire DOM node behind it. Um, and that's what you can't do. But yeah, I, I always keep my SVG as SVG. Uh, the other one was um, the implicit ordering. Yep. Um, relating to ZMX. Well, if you want to animate the ZMX, you have to start bumping nodes around. Yep. Is, yep. That, is that not like, painful? It, well, it, it, depends on what, yeah, it depends on what you do. Yeah. But what I tend to do is, is yeah, when, I mean, if you call a pen child, then it automatically extracts it from where it was and moves it around to where it is. But for example, in my app, I've got, uh, I always want text labels to be ahead of everything else, and I always want certain items to be above certain other items. So I can build those explicit layers using G groups, and then within those G groups, I automatically bring things to front, and it works quite well. Yeah. But where you've, because they're all, because <coughs> those drawings are done by nesting strictly, it makes it a bit hard to do groups that don't span a single nested item. So I want to treat this that's nested under here, and this that's nested under a different spot of the tree, as one. But what you do get for that is you can attach classes and, and then do find item by class name. And then you can just get the list of DOM nodes and do whatever you want with them. But yeah, bring to front can be, can be a pain. Yeah? Go on. Um, so that's a SVGs are essentially acting as an image, but they have only interactions and the DOM. However, this poses a little bit of a problem of how you try to use it as an image. I mean, there is an option of inlining, there's an option of entering it via object tag, there's an option of entering it via image tag, there's an option of using it as a background in CSS. Uh, how does the extension of the SVG functionality handle that? Uh, well, I said embedding SVG in HTML used to be a pain, but these days you can just stick it straight in and everybody's happy with it if you've got an HTML5 DOM type. Um, then if you don't attach any listeners to any events, then you don't get any user interaction. Um, but people can do things like select the text, but again, you can mark things as unselectable. Um, so you, you can just treat it as a, as a static image. A lot, of, a lot of the images on um, Wikipedia, when you look, actually turn out to be SVG, and nobody knows about it because... They just look nice until you start. Yeah. Yeah, do you see the renders? For some, some, for some big ones, well, you get a map of the US and it's mapping location entities or whatever. You, you see the order? You see the layers popping up. See, I see the order. I stick PNG images inside my SVG, and, I, and where I've got an image that turns out to be off Flickr and it's like 5,000 by 3,000, and I'm rendering it to 100 by 300, you see it go mm, as it's rescaling the image. Um, but yeah. Typically embedding it in, we just want it as a pure image. It tends to work quite well, and I've found so far. Now, I'm assuming if you use it via the image capabilities through CSS or via image tag, yep. it doesn't offer you any of the additional functionality. It just renders. Uh, if, do, 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 do. Well, if you put your own code inside there, then, then yes, you can. But. Um, but yeah, you tend to run into browser limitations where the browser sort of says, I won't let you access bits in the DOM that don't belong to you. You know that entire thing where the browser doesn't want to let you poke inside an image that you've pulled off another origin because you might be doing things like sniffing captures and various browser security things. So it tends to be that sort of issue rather than, rather than anything else. <laughs> when you say that all of it was accepted a few years ago, I mean, is the standard actually evolving now? Yeah, this 1.2 has been has been on the cards for quite some time, but 1.2 will become 2.0, and 
and they're adding in support for things like print media and things like that. Uh, there's a new working group charter being done. So it does seem to be being worked on. Uh, but I said most of the effort so far was taking the, the original spec, which was this monolithic lump, <laughs> and carving it up so they could say, ah, my platform is going to not do chapter 3 and chapter 5 and chapter 7. And that, that made you a subset called SVG Tiny. And then fixing up the erratas, which were just, oh, this wasn't very clear, and after 10 years, people finally bitched about it enough that we, we tied it up to say what it actually meant. Cool? Well done. Joe's questions might...